So I've got a problem, and my problem is I think too little about what's next and too much about what's now. And I'd like to get over my problem because the Bible tells me what's coming is really great. It's going to be far beyond what I can imagine. And so the last book of the Bible tells us a lot about it so that we'll think about it. My grandmother thought about it. And Karis, as a young girl, thought about it. Little kids dream about it. And old people, I'm not old yet, so I'm not thinking about it. Enough about it. But I want to because the Bible says, and I'm supposed to put all my marbles in the age to come. It says, set your hope fully on the grace that is coming at the revelation of Jesus. So we live with a certain tension. We live with the now and the not yet. And we're kind of poised between two worlds. And we're there, but we're not really there. We have it, but not all. We've got our inheritance, but we're still here. So I want to tell you about what's coming to whet your appetite and hopefully that you'll start dreaming more and thinking more about what's coming after this life. And so you'll be eager for it. Like my grandma who said, I got my bags packed. I want to live that way. I want to live with my bags packed. Because if I have hope for the future, I have a hold on time. If I know that will be different, if I know that tonight I'm going out for something special, something that happens at 12 o'clock noon is not quite as hard because I have something to look forward to. Multiply that to the, nth, to the, mil, to the 10 billionth degree, uh, and that's what heaven is. So I'm going to tell you about heaven, and we're going to read from... Revelation. So if you have a Bible, I've already put the verses in there, but uh, I'm going to read about it from chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Say new earth. Let me tell you that when I read that, it changed my picture because I was never really fully engaged in the golden streets and the pearly gates. That didn't get me thinking about heaven as a teenager. But when I began to think about a new earth, that really excited me. So we have a new earth. The first earth passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. We just had a bride this weekend. So I'm thi we're, we're thinking marriage because we saw it uh, right before our eyes. 300 people witnessed that. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Notice this. Do we go to heaven? Heaven comes to He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more, neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. Hallelujah. I just put that in. And he said, he was seated on the throne, said, Behold, I am making all things new. Now, 
Here's the first point, recreation. He said, I'm making all things new. He's not saying, I'm making all new things. So what he is doing, he is rebaptizing the earth. And that's the way it all started. It was perfect. When he did it, each day, what did he say? Good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now it's under a curse. Genesis 3, he cursed. Cursed is the ground. Alexander, how many weeds do you think you've pulled here in this house? Yeah. <laughs> Mainly outside. Mainly outside. Okay. Okay. There are lots of them. I get tired of it. So did Adam. Ain't fun. In the new earth, no weeds. How wonderful. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. We're going to go on hikes. We're going to explore. It's the earth as it was meant to be, and it was, and it will be one day. I get very excited about that. I get excited about things related to the new earth. Jesus said, I tell you, at the renewal of all things. Listen to that verse. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. So I think we have wrongly over-spiritualized heaven, and we think of these ethereal beings, bodiless, floating in space, or singing with high voices, or, or uh, angels that aren't militant, Or I, I even read a, a, a commentary, commentary that said it's about spiritual things, not about physical things. And I said, wrong. So here's my question. Will we have food in heaven? Here's what Jesus said. Uh, I thought I put it. Maybe that's my next. Maybe that's my next point. Uh, here we go. On the his Isaiah twenty five on the mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food. What is food? That's physical. For all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. He will swallow up death. Forever. That's in heaven. He just, he just proved it by saying it's when death has been swallowed up, we'll have food. Isaiah 25. But I have a prophetic word lo, we will not have jello with carrots in it. <laughs> For lo, that does not blend. And alas, it should not ever go in the same meal. And it will be no more. No more. Neither shall it be seen anymore or tasted anymore. For the former things have passed away. Will there be animals in heaven? Listen to this. Isaiah 11, 6. 
the wolf will live with the lamb. That lamb won't take after that wolf and, and bite it. But yeah, what? A wolf. Well, we got a wolf, and the wolf is going to lie down. And the leopard will lie with the goat, and the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child. You don't have to worry about your little kid. A little child will lead the lion and the wolf. Isn't that something? The, the, the joy and the beauty of petting lions in heaven. Here's what I think. I think that you're going to go up and meet Jesus. This is a tender one. I wouldn't be at all surprised if you're talking to Jesus and then that dog that was your favorite is going to run up and lick your feet and you're going to cry because you never thought you'd see that dog again. We buried one out here and we were all crying. It was Israel's dog. And we were crying as we buried that dog. Got hit by a car. I think we're going to see that dog again. Whatever will make us full of joy, God will do, and that would do it. Pets that we've had before. I think we're going to see them again. That's in the recreation of all things. I'm looking forward to it. We, we have this idea of escaping. Let's get out of here before the devil creams us kind of outlook. Let's, let's get out of here before he creams us. It's going to be here. Now, we're going to go there, but then we're going to come here. It's going to be the new earth. That's what the Bible calls it. And I look forward to that. Randy, who wrote, Randy Alcorn, who wrote this great book called Heaven, says, the earth matters. Our body matters. Animals and trees matter. Matter matters. Number two, and you can ask questions or make comments, certainly, if you want to here. Romance. When you think of romance, one obvious place is at a wedding where you're thinking, hey, here's Nathan, here's Lauren Dibbing. Now Lauren's name is Lauren Calderon. And the romance started back in December but now they're on a honeymoon. Sex is God's idea. It's a great idea. And God, <laughs> God brought it together. And Satan perverts it because he hates sex. So he depersonalizes it. He puts it on billboards rather than in the bedroom. He takes, he takes humans and use, uses them as objects rather than as real people. And now this couple, they celebrate something that is pictured in the return of Christ and the wedding supper of the Lamb. Well, what do you do after the wedding supper? You have intense love. And that's a picture of the intensity of God's love for the bride. It's a fitting picture 
It's beautiful. It's glorious. So there's a romance. It started with a walk, and it ends with a wedding. And it's love all the way. And they lived happily ever after. That fits now. It never fits here. And they lived happily ever after. Number three, relationship. Now I'm going to read something. I want you to look at me. Don't look at your text because it's there. And I want you to see if you hear a four-letter word repeated three times. It's a four-letter word. I'm going to read it. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Whoops, I'm sorry. I, next, next scripture. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. With. You, you, you got it. Three times the word with. I love prepositions. You know why? A preposition never points to itself. It always has an object. Without an object, it doesn't mean you can't, you can't make a sentence. God was with. Come on, with what? He was with, he was them. No, you need the preposition because it always has an object. It always points somewhere. Prepositions are humble words. And with is a humble preposition. And it doesn't say we are with God. What does it say? He comes to be with us. That's pretty wonderful. The immediate, and I, I don't use the word awesome. I use it for this. I tell my kids, no, that pizza wasn't awesome. That was good. That's, Awesome has got to be awesome. It's got to create awe and wonder. And the fact that God is going to be with us is awesome. It creates wonder. How could that be? The immediate presence of the invisible God that somehow can be seen. The angels see him, though he is invisible, he, his presence. And so he comes and he's with us. That's relationship. As wonderful as heaven is, hell is the opposite. Hell is without. I don't want anybody to go there. I don't want enemies to go there. I don't want people that I may feel like hating to go there. Because it's without. I don't like to think about it. I preached on it once at Mills Heights. I wanted to get the tape. I didn't enjoy preaching about it. It's a terrible. And as terrible as that is, heaven is that. So relationship. Fourth, this is pretty wonderful to hear this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. 
Raise your hand if you have a fair amount of pain in your life. It's a part of our life. We have pain for ourselves, pain for other people. When we hear of pain, we hear of Jenna, she's experienced pain. We feel that. We feel her pain. We identify with it. That's called M, pathos. Pathos is suffering. M means in. In. We get in her. We feel it. We're empathetic. And there comes a time when God is going to say, No more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. Anticipate that as you're crying, as you're grieving over someone who has died. No more death. No more saying goodbye. Karen said a lot of goodbyes as a missionary kid. A lot of goodbyes. And she'd like to write a book, Tears Never Shed, because she has things that she hasn't cried yet. People that she lost, or people that left, or people that left the faith. Nothing like that in heaven. No, yeah. Marriage is in this life. Marriage is not in heaven. Marriage is how we experience today, but it's not in tomorrow. And we will be married to Jesus, and guys, get over it. We're the bride, and, uh, and it's going to be so intense, it's compared to a honeymoon, a wedding supper. And so there's an intensity there, but it's directed toward Jesus, not toward our spouses. And... We will know them in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So, tremendous relief in heaven. I think I probably told you about my toe. Did I tell you about my toe when I smashed my toe? And the doctor said, I said, uh, is it broken? He said, uh, is it broken? If you took an orange and threw it at the wall, that orange would explode. That's what happened to your toe. And uh, so he was, he was fixing it up. And um, Gordy Rich, I reminded him of this when I was in California. Gordy Rich prayed. He was an elder. He prayed that I wouldn't have any pain. And I didn't. I didn't have any pain. They said, you... You wouldn't be able to tolerate the sheet. On your, they gave me pain pills. I took only one that they gave me at the hospital. I didn't take any more. You won't be able to tolerate the sheet. But I, no big deal. Until three days later, I was walking. And do you remember typewriter stands? They did exist one day. You probably don't even know what a typewriter stand is, Blake. There are things that rickety things that held our big old massive typewriters, and I bumped into that with my toe. And Karen had thought I severed the nerves, and I yelled into her, and I said, I didn't sever the nerves! 
No more pain in heaven. No more bumping into things. No more hitting things. No more hurt. No more pain. Just tremendous relief. That's wonderful. Pain is for now. Pain is not for eternity. Refreshment. To him who is thirsty, I will give without cost from the spring of the water of life. You know, water is water. And I think water will be water in the new earth. Really good water. Yeah. That's a really good question, and I don't have a good answer for it. Anybody else have a thought about that? I don't know. I, th I think aborted children will be in heaven. I think people who had a start will have a finish. So what age will they be? We lost one right at birth, and we're going we're, we're gonna to meet them. I don't know what age. I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Will you be 30? Yeah. I don't know. That's a, a great question that I don't have an answer for. So there's going to be, re in, the, in the new earth, no desire will be unfulfilled. A desire is satisfied. And blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. In heaven, we are always satisfied. A desire to climb, okay, you did it. A desire to fly, okay, you're flying. A desire to grow, okay. God is going to take every desire and fulfill it. That's wonderful. Okay, here's a surprise that I did not know when I began to study this. We're going to have responsibilities. That I was teaching this to some young adults, and I, uh, I said, those who have been faithful over little will be faithful over much. And he, he looked a little disappointed. And I said, are you disappointed? And he, he said, well, kind of hoping to be in the jacuzzi for the first thousand or so years. And I said, if that's your desire when you get there, then that'll be granted. But I love to work. I know Rod loves to work. I know John loves to work. I know, I know you guys love to work. I, I, we probably all love to work. I love to go after something. I love to go after a garden, and, and Sachiko is, is the master of that. No one can come close. Don't even try. Well, try. Go ahead and try. But she's got, I was just admiring that yesterday. What a, and it's on a steep hill. Have you ever lost her for a couple hours when she's fallen on the hill? Man, what about gardens in heaven? What about things growing? What about flowers? What about trees? What about beauty? Exquisite. Eye-stopping beauty. No weeds. No weeds. Banished. I. 
Alexander, you'll have to make your money some other way there because there won't be any weeds for you to pick. So if you want a job, you, you, God, Jesus will give it to you. But I won't be giving you any weed-pulling job. Listen, because of your trustworthiness in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities, Jesus said. Hey, that would be fun. That would be fun to have governmental responsibilities. And it's somehow impacted by how you deal in this life. Responsibilities are related to this life. You do it now, and then you, you get rewarded then. To him who overcomes and does, not, does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Did you know that there will be nations in heaven? Nations. I think, and I dream about this, I think we will see the best of national cultures in heaven. It hints at that, where the kings are bringing their treasures to the, to the Lord in Revelation 22. It's a great passage. Uh, it says, the leaves of the nation are for the healing, uh, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Um, I'm not going to look for it now. You look for it. Oh, here it is, 21. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Verse 24. Verse 26. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. What's that? I think it's dancing. I think it's music. I think it's beauty. I think it's art. And, and there will be a joy of, of connecting and growing and learning relating. It's, it's going to be way, way beyond. Finally, rewards. You know that the Bible talks a great deal about rewards. I'm thinking about putting all the verses down and showing them to you, how, just how many there are. Because we think, well, we live by grace, not by rewards. We live for rewards. Paul lives for rewards. I press on for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He was going for the prize. And he said, all those who are, uh, who are looking for his appearing will have a prize. All those who are looking for him, who are waiting for him, anticipating him, they're going to get a prize. I just wrote a, a blog on judgment, and the world is going to be judged. Ours is different. It's like an awards banquet. And you know about awards banquets. You know, athletes, they have them at the end of the season. Some are glad to have made the team. And they're, all, they're, they're, they're really glad. They got a, they letters. Others, for, some for improvement, some for good attitudes, some for scoring, they get awarded. Jesus loves to give out awards. And you say, well, I'm no Mother Teresa. I'm no Billy Graham. I won't, I won't be getting much. You know what Jesus said? If you give a cup of cold water, Nothing goes unnoticed by the king. And so if your heart is right, it's not whether you're the, the, the greatest track, track star that ever lived or the greatest football player or you're a Mother Teresa or you're a Heidi Baker, but if you're the best version of you and you serve faithfully, back in the mud, there'll be rewards. I'm going to send this to you because I left out more than I gave you. And I'd like you to read it 
I'm thinking about turning it, turning it in and into a, um, a booklet, about a 20, 30-page booklet, because I now I'm so, so delighted to be thinking about it. And I, uh, it will help me to keep studying it to uh, stay focused on, on what is to come. And so that's my desire for you, that it will give you a focus of eternity. Okay? Let's pray. We know what you want us to be thinking about, and we're sorry when we're often bogged down by the problems, by the pressures, by the passions of this life. And we want to be cut loose, to dream, to dream like elderly people who are, who are close, and they actually begin to see it. They actually begin to see God allows them to see sometimes in advance. And God, we want to be so close to you that we begin to see it, we begin to dream about it, and we live in that joy. So we are not distracted, we are not discouraged, we are not depressed, we're free from those things that just hold us down to earth. Lord, would you cut the ropes today? Because <clears throat> the law of gravity is too much on us, and we're pulled down. We want to be cut loose. We want the law of dynamics, to, uh, aerodynamics to take place. We want to fly. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for any today who are especially struggling, any who are hurting, any who are finding reason to cry. I pray that you would comfort them in their sorrow and their loss. Give them hope goes way beyond today to eternity. We want to live there. Save. Yeah.